Warning. Contained herein lies information that is both dark and disturbing. It is pulled directly from the archives of the repository. Should you find yourself offended by not only this episode, but the bulk of this podcast, we recommend going to your nearest religious institution or windowless room where the ills of the world cannot harm your piteously fragile way of thinking. You have been warned. In the back of your mind lies a place. A place where every disturbing visual and dark piece of information lie in wait. Some choose to run from it. Some choose to deny this place even exists. But not you. You find yourself enticed by this wellspring of the macabre. It calls to you. It beckons you. A voice in the dark. You seek an ally. Someone to walk you through the depths of this place. And that search brings you to me. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Mr. Blackheart. And welcome to the repository. Greetings, Acolytes, and welcome back to the Repository. I am your host, Chronicler of the Dark and Lorekeeper of the Murderous and Macabre, Mr. Blackheart. It's high time we begin to dip our toes into the blood-soaked swimming pool of serial killers. The analogies for groupings of serial killers I can come up with are frankly through the roof. The best, and albeit most grim, analogy I can use are baseball teams. Ted Bundy, David Berkowitz, Jeffrey Dahmer, Richard Ramirez are the core four, so to speak. The proverbial Derek Jeter, Andy Pettit, Jorge Posada, and Mariano Rivera of serial killer baseball. One could go so far as to refer to these men, and I revile the term, the greats. Men whose reputation is on such a level that when one thinks of true crime, those are usually the first names that come to mind. Today on the show, we're not going to be discussing the grades. We won't be discussing the men who made serial killing a commonly discussed topic in conversation. It's my pleasure today to bring to you tales of three men who, despite their little-known reputations, may very well deserve a place among the greats. Very much like America of the 2020s, Germany in the 1910s and 1930s saw a surge of serial killers almost on par with the serial killer surge of the 1970s to the 1990s in America. And the first of the three that have stuck out with me most are who we will be discussing today. And our first killer 
is Carl Dinky. Now, I'm not sure if it's pronounced Dinky, Danka, or Denke, but for the sake of argument, I'm sticking with Dinky. Born February 11th, 1860, Dinky was a serial killer and a cannibal who was purported to have killed upwards of 42 people. Little is known of Denki's childhood, aside from the fact he was a gardener's apprentice. Denki's father passed away when he was 25 and his older brother inherited their childhood home. And soon after, Denki sold his share of the land and moved into his own place. Inflation of the German economy forced him to sell, and instead, he moved into a building where he ran a butcher shop. Denki was also a devout Lutheran, which granted him arguably his most cringy nickname, Papa Dinky. The reasoning behind Dinky's killing spree is lost to the sands of time. However, it is known he began targeting travelers and homeless vagrants, which is presumably the earliest iteration of the last dead, aka people on the fringes of society who, for those of us out there with the impulse to kill, would target because these people among us know that the last dead wouldn't be missed. First of his known victims was a woman named Ida Lunder in 1903. He had a cooling-off period for six years when, in 1909, he murdered a slaughterhouse worker named Emma Sander. Dinky implicated a man named Edward Troutman, who was released after 12 years after the truth came out. Darkly enough, Dinky kept a ledger of all the crimes he committed. Dinky's downfall would come on December 20th of 1924 when a homeless man named Vincenzo Olivier escaped Dinky after he was attacked with a pickaxe. Olivier was found wounded, bleeding from the head, and the cops were alerted. Dinky was arrested and he hung himself in his cell two days after his arrest. Upon examination of Dinky's ledger, he noted 31 victims. Olivier, the survivor, was the 31st. The police entered Dinky's apartment and found a collection of limbs in the form of 16 femurs, 15 long bone fragments, 4 pairs of elbows, 7 heads of radii, 8 lower radia, 1 pair of shin bones, 1 pair of lower elbows and radia, 1 pair of upper arms, a pair of collarbones, 2 shoulder blades, 8 heels and ankle bones, 120 toes, 65 feet, 150 bone fragments, and a partridge in a pear tree. I frankly do not know what's worse. The poor soul who had to inventory every limb in that house? Or the question you're all probably thinking right now? Where'd all that meat go? It's highly suspected that Dinky cleaned the meat from those bones and sold the human flesh as meat in his butcher shop. Alright, Acolytes, please take a moment to ruminate on what's transpired. We'll be right back.
Our next killer may very well have the single most cringeworthy nickname in the history of serial killer nicknames. Adolf Seifeld, aka Uncle Tic Tac, cringeworthy nickname aside, is by far the worst of the three men I will be discussing on this show. Seafelt was a pedophile and a child killer who, during the reign of the Third Reich, aka the Nazi Party, killed at minimum 12 young boys. Seafelt was first imprisoned when he was 25 for sexually harassing a young boy and was diagnosed mentally unstable while in prison. For a large portion of his life, he had multiple stints in asylums and jails. As I had said, Seafeld claimed the lives of 12 children, and his methods of killing, with the exception of one case, were all the same. Seafeld exclusively targeted young boys in sailor suits. We still don't know why. I don't know if this is some sort of super-duper meta-political commentary on stolen valor, but I digress. All his victims were found in pine forests, and most chillingly of all, all the children were found without any external cause of death, with one officer describing the children as having the appearance of sleeping peacefully. Given the fact that the children all have appeared to have died of natural death, it is entirely possible that Seafelt's body count could potentially be way higher. People versed in the case suspect Seafelt used his own poison, chloroform, or smothering in the killings. Hans Pfeiffer suggests his victims were put into a state of hypnotic sleep and orally assaulted before Seafelt left them to die of exposure in the woods. Thankfully, Seafelt was found guilty and executed by guillotine on May 23, 1936. Our final serial killer of the day is Carl Grossman, aka Der Grossman is literally just the gross man, I guess. I don't know German. Don't at me. And like Uncle Tic Tac and Papa Dinky, a lot of their history, aside from their crimes, stands unknown. What is known about Grossman, however, at an early age it was discovered that he had sadistic sexual desires and was arrested for child molestation in his early 20s. Grossman served a 15-year prison sentence for fondling a 12-year-old and the rape of a 4-year-old who succumbed to her injuries. During World War I, Grossman sold meat on the black market and operated a hot dog stand outside of a train station. It's suspected that the black market meat and hot dogs Grossman sold all contained human flesh. The belief stemmed from multiple people observing Grossman throwing meat scraps and bones into a local river as well as pieces of a woman were found in the canal that the same river led into. Body parts began washing up on the banks of the local river and it is believed Grossman murdered up to a hundred women and girls. 
On August 21st of 1921, Grossman was arrested after neighbors heard screaming, banging, and then silence. Police arrived and found the body of a young woman who Grossman killed. Under interrogation, he confessed to 20 murders over the course of 20 years. Grossman never saw justice as he hung himself prior to the end of his trial. Alright, Acolytes, I am compelled yet once again to ask you what you thought of today's episode. I, for one, had a hell of a lot of fun bringing you tales of these lesser-known serial killers. The social media repackaging is almost done! We are now currently back on Facebook, and you can find us at, you guessed it, The Repository with Mr. Blackheart. And if you want to communicate with me in a more personal fashion, you could find me on my personal Instagram page at Mikey underscore Blackheart X. At long last, my mini studio is up and running to the point I like, and we're back to producing episodes on a regular basis. That's all the time we have for today, Acolytes. Once again, I am your host. I am your proud host. Chronicler of the Dark and Lorekeeper of the Murderous and Macabre, Mr. Blackheart. Signing off. This has been a Blackheart production. <laughs>